12 days of Christmas, more like 12 weeks of Christmas podcast. Welcome to this week's episode, Christmas Around the World. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Weeks of Christmas, the podcast. I'm your host, Angela Palumbo, as always, coming to you from Long Island, New York, and this is the sixth episode of 12 Weeks of Christmas. This being the sixth episode means we are exactly halfway through the podcast. Not only are we six weeks into the podcast, but this is the first episode released in November, which means it is officially the Christmas holiday season, everyone. It's the most wonderful time of the with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer it's the most wonderful time of the year once midnight hit on november 1st i turned off the halloween celebration and i turned up all i want for christmas is you by mariah carey and i just started celebrating and since then i have been celebrating it is my favorite time of year it's the time of year i look forward to the second it ends I'm so excited. And to kick off the holiday season, as I've mentioned before, every November 1st, I watch a Christmas movie. And this year, I watched two. On November 1st, I watched Elf. And then I immediately turned on the holiday, which I usually don't consider a Christmas movie, but I really felt like watching it. And in watching it again this year, it felt more like a Christmas movie than before. And I realized I only ever watch it during the holidays, so maybe I'll change my mind on that. However, I would watch it throughout the year. I just really like the movie. I think it just happens to take place during Christmas, but that's a whole other debate for a different time in a different episode, Christmas Movies, which you can listen to already. It's been posted. Not only is it officially the Christmas holiday season, there have also been several new Christmas albums and songs released since we last had our Christmas music episode. And I wanted to share those with you guys because I personally celebrate Christmas through listening to music from November 1st on. I've been listening to it since the other day. And in that celebration, I found some new Christmas music from this year. This includes a new album by Megan Trainer. It's called A Very Trainer Christmas. It's an extremely poppy album so if you don't like poppy modern music this isn't for you. I personally like it. There are a few songs on there that make me feel upbeat, make me feel ready to celebrate and there's a lot of originals. I think there's 14 songs. I'm not really sure but there's a lot of originals on there and it has a really feel-good vibe and I definitely recommend you check it out. She also has a few covers but most of them I would say are originals and it's a lot of fun. Another Christmas album that came out this year actually came out earlier in October and I missed it. I didn't realize it came out. It came out on October 2nd and it's called A Holly Dolly Christmas and this is by none other than Dolly Parton. She is an icon. I personally am not a country music fan. However, I love Dolly Parton as a person and I feel like her album just fits the Christmas vibes so well. She also has a song on there with several people. She does a few duets and one of them is Miley Cyrus. So the eight-year-old in me that loved Hannah Montana and the 22-year-old in me who really likes Miley Cyrus was very excited about this. It does have a very country feel, so it's not one that I'll be listening to regularly, but it 
definitely is worth checking out, especially if you are a Dolly Parton fan or if you like country music. The last Christmassy song that I found, it's a song, not an album, is the Jonas Brothers. They released a song a few days ago called I Need You Christmas. And they also released a song last year called Like It's Christmas. So I was expecting a song similar to that, which doesn't make much sense, I guess, because you would think they would want to release different kinds of music. And that's what they did. It's a very different song than Like It's Christmas. It's extremely slow and kind of melancholy. It's not one of my favorites. I didn't add it to my Christmas playlist, which is a shame. But if you're looking for a slow, more emotional feel to your Christmas music playlist, definitely check this out. I was inspired to make this week's episode after deciding I wanted to make last week's episode. Last week was Christmas food and I ended up discussing Christmas food from around the world. So this week is kind of a continuation of that and this is Christmas around the world. More specifically, some really funky Christmas traditions that I found around the globe. Now, I'm not actually going to be discussing American Christmas traditions this week. I'm saving that for next week when I do an episode called Christmas traditions and there's some there's just some funky Christmas traditions in this country I want to discuss. So this episode specifically is for just different holiday celebrations around the globe that maybe we're not used to, maybe we haven't heard of before. And this is another one of those episodes where I learned so much and it was just a lot of fun to to read on what other countries do to celebrate the holidays and to celebrate Christmas. I chose the countries differently than last week. So last week I chose countries that I have a listenership in, such as Australia, Norway, places like that. This week I decided to just pick countries that I found in doing research on funky Christmas traditions and these are some that I just wanted to share. So there's no specific order here, there's no rhyme or reason other than I looked up Christmas traditions around the world, found these, thought they were cool, and wanted to share them with you guys. Well, I'm just really excited to get started and talking about these Christmas traditions around the world. So enough of my intro and stay tuned for Christmas around the world. So just like last week, I am going to be discussing all of the countries today in alphabetical order. There's no specific rhyme or reason why I'm naming the countries in the order that I am. It's just alphabetical. It's easier for me to keep track of. Now, like I said before, I'm only going to be discussing America next week. So all of my American listeners, we can wait till next week. And this week, we're going to learn something new, something we might not already know. Now, I am going to start out with France, more specifically, something called the French Festival of Lights. This Festival of Lights, I think, is relatively new. I think it actually only started in 2019. So it's a new tradition, but we love new traditions. There's nothing wrong with making new traditions. And it's called the Festival of Lights in Paris, but the French term, and again, like last week, please excuse my horrible pronunciation of other languages, but this is the Jardin des Plantes. Oh god, that was awful. Last year, this attraction brought in over 370,000 people. So it was very successful. So they're doing it again in 2020, which is really cool. And this is a night exhibition that takes place in Jardin des Plantes and, oh goodness, Mangare du Jardin des Plantes. Um, 
And it's an illumination show that is quote-unquote an enchanting experience for kids and adults with monumental light structures set in alleys and pitches of the beautiful garden. I'm going to be linking all of the places that I found these articles in in the description of the show and I recommend that you actually go into the description and click on this one specifically because you can see all of the pictures of the light structures that are there and you're going to want to book a trip to Paris more than you might already want to in the winter. This is a really beautiful exhibition that they put on. One thing I'm noticing by scrolling through the pictures is the light structures are not necessarily Christmas themed. They're actually a lot of animals and they had an under the sea vibe. But I think just being outside surrounded by lights at night is inherently Christmassy anyway. And I know personally, like my family, we do a drive through every year of Christmas lights. And in New York, on Long Island, a lot of people go to Jones Beach. I personally go out east somewhere. So, but it's all the same thing. You know, you do the light show. So I think a walkthrough light show in Paris, whether or not it's Christmas themed, I think it's on brand. I think it's on theme and it's really cool. It's really pretty. However, of course, there are Christmas themed lights. So if you go here, you'll see a lot of animals. Last year they did animals and under the water. I don't know what they're going to do this year, but there's also these beautiful big trees with green and red big bulbs attached to them and lights dangling down. So very Christmas, very on brand and extremely beautiful. Now, of course, France has celebrated Christmas for a very long time. So, you know, this new tradition is brand new, but they've been celebrating and have traditions that date back centuries ago. Um, according to this article, many cities in France are decorated during the weeks leading up to Christmas and children love to open the 24 little windows of their advent calendar. And I realize in doing research that advent calendars are extremely popular in Europe. I know that we do them here in America, but I think they're even more popular there. This also says that on Christmas Eve, children put their polished shoes out in front of the chimney and hope that Father Christmas fills their shoes with sweets. Christmas Day... 25th of December, is a public holiday and families get together for a big feast. On this day, presents are also exchanged. So very similar to the American Christmas. However, this shoe thing is inherently European. And I'm going to mention it at a, a few different times for different European celebrations or traditions where they actually, the children, take a shoe and leave it outside their room or their chimney or their window. D different countries do different things. And then if they were good, it gets filled with candy and different places do different things if the children were quote unquote bad, which is similar to what Santa does here, where he, if you're good, you get presents in your stockings on the chimney. And if you're bad, you get coal. So all very similar different traditions and how they celebrate. I've been to Paris once before, I think in 2017 in the summer. And I would love to go back during Christmas. I would actually love to do a European Christmas tour that's something I just made up and it sounds insanely awesome. <laughs> just like travel around the different European countries during Christmas because I feel like it has a little small village vibes and it's just really pretty and it's something I would love to do. So moving along, speaking of European Christmases, the next country we're going to discuss is Germany. Germany and France actually have a lot of similarities to the way they celebrate, as does Germany, France, and America, such as in Germany, the Christmas tree is extremely popular. And 
in Germany, the Christmas tree actually became popular in the Middle Ages. And something I didn't know is here, apparently the tree is decorated in secret by the mother or the matriarch of the family, which is kind of cool. It's kind of different. I would love to be the one to decorate the Christmas tree in secret for my kids and have them run downstairs and be all excited to see it. But also at the same time, one of the best days I think of the Christmas season is decorating the Christmas tree with your family. So I don't know how I feel about that. And I also don't know anybody from Germany. So I'd like to hear if that's true or not. Another similarity to France actually is that Germany also does the shoe thing where children leave their shoes out to be filled with candy. But instead of leaving them out on Christmas Eve, they actually leave them out on the 5th and 6th of December. And it says here that Santa or their version, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce, it's very German, uh, but he comes on something called St. Nicholas's Day, which is December 6th, and he comes at night between the 5th and 6th and puts the presents into the shoes of the children, who usually place the shoes by their doors. Uh, it says he might also knock on the door and the children will have to sing a song, play a song on an instrument, or tell a story to St. Nicholas before he gives them their presents. And that's probably the cutest thing. I love that when Santa comes and knocks on the door and then the kids are all singing to him trying to get presents. Come on, we should do that here. I love that. Santa, why don't we do that here? I'd, I'd appreciate that. I know you're busy, but come on, that's cute. <laughs> now, one tradition I'm not a huge fan of, which is in both Germany and other countries in Europe, is the, the Krampus character. I know in the Christmas movies episode, I discuss the movie Krampus and how I think it's ridiculous, but who am I to say that a tradition is ridiculous? However, in some regions of Germany, there is a character called Krampus who accompanies Santa Claus on his journey to deliver presents to the children. And if the children are good, they get presents. And if they're bad, they are punished by Krampus. And I'm not really sure how they're punished, but if you are a child or an adult from Germany and you've been punished by Krampus, please let me know what that's like. <laughs> I'm confused as to how that works. But that's the that's the punishment. Instead of coal, you get beaten up by Krampus? I'm not really sure how that works, but it's a long-going tradition in Germany and it's something that they that they do over there. Very different than over here. We just get coal. Lastly, one of the biggest traditions in Germany is they have these huge marketplaces during the holidays that are extremely popular. And looking at pictures of these markets, it reminds me very much of Bryant Park in New York City, which if you haven't ever been to New York during the holidays, it's a must see, it's a must go to. A lot of little business owners open up tents or shops in Bryant Park and you walk around and you go shopping. It's beautiful. And this is a little bit more Christmas village version, I think, in Germany. And it says that at these markets, Christmas foods and decorations are sold. And the most popular of these Christmas decorations sold at these markets are glass ornaments. And it says the glass ornaments were originally hand-blown glass and were imported in the U.S. in the 1880s by the Woolworth stores. I don't know what that means. Um, but the legend of the glass Christmas pickle is famous in the United States. And a lot of people say it's a German tradition in the US, but apparently it's not a tradition in Germany, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just learned something. So yeah, that's Germany and it looks really beautiful. And I would like to add it to my list of places that I'll go to on my future European Christmas tour. And if more of you listen and share this podcast, 
maybe one day I can afford it and I will do a season next Christmas on my European Christmas tour. I just made that up, but that would be super dope. So share this podcast. (laughs) The next country I want to discuss is so different than the other two that I just went over and it's not a European country, so it wouldn't be a part of my European Christmas tour. I'm so obnoxious. But however, it has such an interesting Christmas tradition. I was shocked to see. And I saw it on one article and I was like, there's no way that this is real. And it kept popping up on other articles. This is in Japan. So if you are Japanese, if you're from Japan, if you know more than me, please clarify this. Because I still think it's the funniest thing. And I want to understand why this is the case. But in Japan, according to Smithsonian Magazine, only 1% about of the population is Christian. So it's not a national holiday there. And those that do celebrate Christmas on the holiday celebrate by eating KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken. From From the company Kentucky Fried Chicken, they get an entire meal. And that is how they celebrate Christmas is by eating KFC. I keep repeating it because I can't believe it. I think it's the funniest thing ever. I think we should all participate in a Japanese Christmas. How funny is this? You might be wondering why, and as was I, so I did some research, and this article says that the tradition began in 1974 after a wildly successful marketing campaign called Kentucky for Christmas. And there's The way it's said in Japanese here, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. It's just going to be insulting. But Kentucky for Christmas and the fast food chain has maintained its Yuletide popularity, causing some people to order their boxes months in advance or stand in two hour long lines to get their, quote, finger licking good food on Christmas. I'm in shock. I really I don't even know what to say about that. I think it's really funny. Now I want KFC. So there's that. (laughs) If you look up the Christmas in Japan, Kentucky fried chicken meal, you'll find articles like this is a Business Insider article about how KFC became the popular Christmas meal in Japan. So I'm not making this up. This is real. And this is fabulous. I think it's fun. I don't know why I think it's so funny. It's just different. You know, I think we're I'm from, it's so common that we make this giant festive feast, which if you don't know about it, you should go in my last episode, How to Eat Like Santa, to learn about Christmas feasts and food from the from around the world. And I wish that I found this for that episode because it fits perfectly. It's a food tradition, but I had to add it to this. I didn't see it last week and I'm sad, but now I've added it to this. And now you know that, yeah, I guess not every single country does a big feast, for Christmas. And that's fine. Celebrate how you celebrate. I love a good tradition. I'm just mind blown. I think it's so fun. I think it's so different. I guess I wouldn't expect that from Japan. I think I would expect more cultural foods. So that's why it blew my mind a little bit. And it's all from this one successful marketing campaign. How crazy. Anyway, that's that's the the Japanese tradition. (laughs) KFC. The next country whose traditions I want to talk about and highlight is Mexico. Mexico does something a little bit different than all of the other places that I looked at. For one, they don't really do a Christmas tree. It's not very popular over there. They do large nativity scenes. These nativity scenes are known as nacimiento and are extremely popular in Mexico and like I said, usually take the place of Christmas trees. Christmas trees are becoming a little bit more popular there, but for the most part, it's mostly these nacimientos or nativity scenes. 
One of the main Christmas traditions that happens in Mexico is called the Posada, and this takes place from December 16th to Christmas Eve, and this is often performed by children, and Posada stands for inn or lodging in Spanish. This celebration is inspired by the part of the Christmas story where Joseph and Mary looked for somewhere to stay. And for the posadas, the outside of houses are decorated with evergreens and paper lanterns. Pretty much the children go to the houses from the 16th to the 24th and they sing and they try to convince the people to let them in. And once they enter the houses, they have this massive party. And at the party, one of the popular things are pinatas. So They break the pinatas, they have a great time, and this is really common around Mexico, and it's really interesting. I've never heard of anything like this before. Each night, a different house hosts the Posada party, so I believe from reading that the children actually have to find the specific house where the Posada is happening, and they have to try to get in, and once they get in, then they can have this party. I really like this tradition. I think it's very different and unique, and I also think it's a really great way to get a community involved with each other. I'm not really sure if this is an entire community or if this is specifically families. You know, I'm not sure exactly how it's run and I would love to learn more. So if you know, please DM me at my Instagram, 12 weeks of Christmas pod, number 12 weeks of Christmas pod. But I just found this really fascinating and different and something I would like to learn more about. At midnight on Christmas is when the Mexican people attend mass, and from my understanding of Mexican culture, they usually open presents at this time. That's when Christmas is usually heavily celebrated, is late at night, Christmas Eve, or early, early Christmas morning. I know that a lot of the traditions I'm talking about today, I'm considering funky or just different or weird. That's definitely not a weird tradition. That's definitely a really cool and beautiful one, and one that I, like I said, I would like to learn more about. But it stood out to me because it was just so different and something that I had never heard of before. So that would be really cool to one day go to Mexico during a posada. The next Christmas tradition exists in a country that is very popular for their Christmas celebrations, and that is Norway. This tradition is kind of timely for me because it reminds me of Halloween. And this is the first episode I'm releasing since Halloween happened. Also, how is all of your Halloweens? Oh my goodness, that's a holiday. That's a big holiday. It's the one right before the Christmas season starts. What were you for Halloween? I was a pirate. So that was pretty exciting. Um, Anyway, but this tradition is kind of spooky, kind of Halloween-y definitely different and definitely not one that I would imagine during the Christmas season. In Norway, for superstitious families on December 24th or Christmas Eve, a lot of these families will take their brooms and hide them because this is a time that is believed to be very dark and a lot of superstitious families in Norway believe that witches and spirits come out and they will be looking for brooms so they could fly around and terrorize the people. So they actually hide their brooms the day before Christmas just in case one of these witches wants to find the broom and go on a spin, I guess. This tradition definitely shocked me because I feel like a lot of people talk about Christmas in Norway. It's very popular. It's known for being extremely beautiful. And so to hear that it has a more dark side than I ever imagined is really interesting and different. And I have a family friend in Norway. So Stevie, if you're hearing this, can you confirm? I'd like to know, is this a real tradition? Do you hide your brooms during Christmas Eve? The hiding of the brooms is not the only spooky Norwegian tradition for Christmas that I found. And 
this might be a personal preference to say that this is a spooky tradition, but there's something that a lot of Norwegian farmhouses supposedly do, and that's decorating their houses with something called a nisir, and that's spelled N-I-S-S-E-R, or you could spell it without the R and just call it a nissi. I'm so sorry if that's not pronounced correctly, but this is apparently a mythological creature from Scandinavian folklore, which you can compare to a garden gnome or goblin. And according to this article from Culture Trip, according to tradition, they are present in farmhouses in which they act as guardians of those living there and occasionally even help with house chores. They are believed to be the, quote, soul of the first person living in the property and are described as small creatures resembling old men with long beards and red conical caps. These are a typical character from Old Norse culture and are associated with the winter solstice. Today, they have been assimilated into Christian culture in Scandinavia and appear in Christmas tales, decorations, and cards. Santa Claus himself is somewhat considered a niece or niece or whatever. So the only reason I said that was a spooky tradition is because it apparently holds the soul of the first inhabitant of that property. That's kind of creepy and also kind of really cool. And these are like the super intense version of Elf on the Shelf. Like, I'll talk about Elf on the Shelf in the next episode because I have very strong opinions on the Elf on the Shelf. However, this is, in my opinion, the Norwegian spooky version of Elf on the Shelf, the Nasir. I'm definitely not pronouncing that right. Besides this, I feel like Norway has pretty you know, normal traditions, however you want to consider normal here. They decorate gingerbread houses, they see each other's families on Christmas Day, things like that. So I feel that other than some very specific Scandinavian traditions, Norway is relatively similar to America in the way that they celebrate Christmas. On to the next country, very similar to France and the French light show, we have another country that does a light show every year, and this is the Philippines. The Philippines does a light show in San Fernando, which is apparently the quote-unquote Christmas capital of the Philippines. And from looking at the pictures, this is an extremely beautiful festival that happens every year. And at the end of the festival, there is a winner. So the person who creates the most beautiful, spectacular light piece wins the festival. And these aren't really called lights in the articles I'm looking at. They're called lanterns and it's a lit up lantern show, but they're enormous. They're really big and they're all different colors and shapes and they almost look like those little eyeglass things that you would look in and it was all those different colors. I don't know if that makes any sense, but if you grew up in the 2000s, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's just these really pretty lit up spectacular giant lanterns that they put on display for the Christmas season in this one area of the Philippines. Christmas is also very popular in the Philippines. The Philippines is known to be one of two predominantly Catholic countries in Asia. So Christmas is one of the most celebrated holidays of the year there, which is really cool. I also do have a few listeners from the Philippines. So if you're from the Philippines, hello. I hope I'm doing your country justice. I've never been and I've never heard of these traditions before. So they're really interesting to me. They're really different. And I like how giant light shows have become a predominantly Christmas or holiday themed event. Whether or not they're giant blow up, light up Santa Clauses and reindeers and Christmas trees and nativity scenes or just these beautiful light up lanterns that are put up in the Philippines, it doesn't matter. 
They're all so beautiful and they all represent the Christmas season and I absolutely love that. Another interesting fact about the way that the Philippines celebrates Christmas is that the Christmas season usually apparently starts in September and runs to December. So I think I need to move to the Philippines because they get it. They, they get that Christmas starts early. <laughs> I'm going to finish this episode off strong with my favorite Christmas tradition that is not an American one. And that happens to take place in Sweden. And this Christmas tradition is the Swedish Yule Goat. And this says that the Yule Goat has been a Swedish Christmas symbol dating back to ancient pagan festivals. However, in 1966, the tradition got a whole new life after someone came up with an idea to make a giant straw goat, now referred to as the Gavle Goat. Don't know if that's how that's pronounced. According to the official website, the goat is more than 42 feet high, 23 feet wide, and weighs 3.6 tons. Each year, the massive goat is constructed in the same spot. Fans can even watch a live stream from the first Sunday of Advent until after the new year when it's taken down. So in New York, we have the tree at Rockefeller Center, and in Sweden, they have the Yule Goat. And I honestly... As a New Yorker, I feel like I have the right to say this. I prefer the I prefer the Yule Goat. <laughs> it's literally this giant goat with big round horns. It's white, I think, or maybe a light brown. It's hard, the coloring in this picture is hard to tell. With red accents and lit up horns. It's so cool. <laughs> Some fun facts about this goat. It is made of straw, so it's not white. It's made of straw, but still, it looks white in that picture. Um, it takes a whole truck full of straw from the local village of MacMyra to create the goat. And this website says that the Gavli goat has more has friends in more than 120 countries around the world who follow him on social media. So of course, I had to go onto Instagram to see if I could find this Instagram account. And there is an Instagram account called the Gavli Boken. G-A-V-L-E-B-O-C-K-E-N. It has almost 7,000 followers. And the description or the bio of this Instagram account is in Swedish. So if you click see translation, I think it is a funky translation, but I'm just going to read it straight up. It says, I am the world's most famous strawberry. It probably means straw goat, but anyway, like Christmas, but not matches. I'm the straw goat of the world. I fancy Christmas and I don't play with matches. <laughs> what? I guess he doesn't play with matches because he's made of straw. Very flammable goat. And there's just some really stunning pictures on this Instagram of this goat and people that go to see it. And there's a bunch of people that have tagged this goat on Instagram that have gone and visited it and people make cookies of him and just go visit him. And he's enormous. He sits in the middle of the city and just lights up the entire thing. <laughs> this is genuinely the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, you can get little toy gavly goats. Oh my gosh. I want one. I'm actually having a hard time deciding whether or not I like the Japanese KFC or the Swedish Yule Goat more for a Christmas tradition and what I would like to incorporate in mine. And honestly, I'm thinking of doing both. Ordering KFC on Christmas and building a giant 40 plus foot tall straw goat in my backyard. I don't know which one is more ridiculous, but <laughs> anyway, that's, that's Sweden. They got this big goat and it's really adorable and I want to visit him. I hope you all enjoyed my list of Christmas traditions around the world. Some of them were silly, some of them were really beautiful, some were both, <laughs> the goat, and I was really happy to 
teach you all about this and I learned a lot. So I hope to one day visit all of these places during the Christmas season and kind of become immersed in how Christmas is celebrated in different parts of the world. Just like in the food episode, it's really important to learn how different people celebrate things. And, you know, like I said last time, food is a big part of that, but also just the way that they do their traditions every year. Traditions really speak heavily on the kind of people that you are, the culture that you have. And I think you can learn a lot about somebody's culture depending on the way that they celebrate a holiday. And that holiday happens to be Christmas. And I think all of these celebrations have their own extremely unique qualities, but speak a lot about the places that they derive from. Coming up, as always, we have our story of Christmas hope, and I made sure that this story matched this episode. So stay tuned for this week's story of Christmas hope. I just want all of you to know that it is becoming harder and harder each week for me to find a story of Christmas hope that is true and short enough for the podcast, but interesting enough to keep you guys engaged and to keep myself engaged. I've read so many stories, but not many of them are good for the show and it's been really difficult for me. So please, I'm begging all of you to go to my Instagram account, 12 Weeks of Christmas Pod. That's the number 12 Weeks of Christmas Pod. Click that DM button and message me a story of Christmas hope from yourself, your family, people you know, or even a few episodes ago, one of the listeners, one of you guys sent me just a story about why they love Christmas so much and how they feel during the day. It could literally be anything that you read or say and it just makes you feel good. It makes you feel good about the holidays. Things are insane right now and we just need, we just need to feel good. So please go to my Instagram, 12 Weeks of Christmas Pod and DM me your stories of Christmas hope. Also, please follow me on that Instagram account and you'll see regular updates on the show. This story of Christmas Hope is from a website that I believe I've used before, and if not, I'm constantly on it looking for Christmas stories to tell you guys. This is from CamilleStyles.com, C-A-M-I-L-L-E-S-T-Y-L-E-S.com, and it's an article of Christmas stories titled, Eight Inspiring Stories That Show Their True Meaning of Christmas, and... At the bottom of the title of this article, they have a quote that I think we all know from Mr. Dr. Seuss himself. In Whoville, they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And it just makes me so excited for all the holidays. It makes me so excited for Christmas. Anyway, the story that I'm reading for you today is titled The Airline That Made Holiday Dreams Come True. There's no specific author of this story. I believe the person that put this in here is the same person that wrote the article, but it is a story about travel and Christmas. So I thought it was perfect for this week's episode. Here we go, everyone. The airline that made holiday dreams come true. Canadian airline WestJet delivered holiday cheer for 250 passengers on a flight to Calgary. The airline placed a digital Santa Claus at an airport and asked passengers what they wanted for Christmas. While everyone was in the air, 175 WestJet workers sprinted to nearby stores and bought everything they asked WestJet Santa for, from pairs of socks and underwear to big screen TVs. When the passengers arrived at their destination, everyone was met with their dream gift at baggage claim. This isn't the first time WestJet had whipped out the holiday cheer either. 
Last year, a flash mob of 150 volunteers performed a jolly dance in the waiting area for a red-eye flight, complete with Santa on the tarmac and stockings stuffed with new iPods. I would just like to say that in reading that story, I have one thought, one thought on this story. And that is, could you imagine going on a plane and then asking a Santa Claus for like a pair of underwear for Christmas? You know, what do I, what do you want for Christmas this year, Timmy? I want underwear. You know, you don't really think much of it. And then you get off the plane and the guy that sat next to you the entire flight that was, you know, taking up too much of your space or snoring or whatever, gets a TV and you get a pack of undies. <laughs> This is this is how my brain works. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, could you imagine being that guy that got the pack of underwear or socks and had to watch the people walk away with flat screen TVs? Anyway, other than that, <laughs> thank you all for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed. I had a great time hosting this episode as I do all of the episodes and I apologize in advance if this episode comes out a little late. I don't know if that's true yet, but this is the election week and I am a journalist, so it's been a little crazy. So thank you for your patience if this did come out late and if not, please ignore me and just know I would never release anything past the deadline. That is just so unprofessional. But if I did, I'm sorry and thank you for your understanding. <laughs> I also want to apologize that in editing this week's episode, I noticed a little bit more of this. And if you can hear that, that is my squeaky chair. I sit in this chair for approximately eight to 10 hours a day doing schoolwork, going to class, going to work, doing the podcast, all of this other stuff I'm doing. And... I think it's just a lot on the chair that was already old and squeaky when I got it. So apologies. Hopefully maybe this year Santa will get me a nice new comfy big professional desk chair that is studio soundproof. Not that my bedroom is a studio. It's absolutely not soundproof. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think some of the episodes you can hear like my dad talking or a bird chirping. I'm sorry. But yeah, I just wanted to make that a point that there's nothing I can really do about it. And I appreciate all of your patience through my squeaky chair. So thank you. And I apologize if you didn't notice it and now you're going to notice it, but I notice it and it drives me crazy. So I don't want to be alone on that. <laughs> I, just for anybody that does notice, thank you for, for understanding. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Please remember to give me a follow at 12 Weeks of Christmas Pod. That's the number 12 Weeks of Christmas Pod. I post regular updates on the show there. Also, please go on to that Instagram account and find the post of the Christmas tree debate very, very soon. I promise it's coming up. We will discuss whether the real tree or the fake tree won that debate. Please let me know why when you answer that question, why you chose the answer that you did. That's going to be super helpful and have this be a fun little discussion that we have. Also, please be sure if you don't already, click that follow button on wherever you're streaming this podcast, especially Spotify. That helps me out a lot. That helps me know my audience size. And it just feels really good to go on every day and see that more and more people are following 12 Weeks of Christmas. I really hope you enjoyed again. Thank you so much. Please remember to keep sharing this show with your friends, your families, your loved ones. And let's keep counting down the 12 Weeks of Christmas. Christmas.